Shout out my girl Marissa for keeping a nigga fresh, you dig? I'm shouting out Marissa Mendez right now. She knew me for like 10 years. And Marissa, yeah, she was right on the money. Marissa, Marissa Mendez is here. Oh, oh shit. This is Marissa right here. This is the reason why I'm flying to all you niggas. You understand? This is my dude. This is Marissa, man. It's Taylor Gang and Don. We don't even gotta say shit, because Marissa explains it all. And you do know that. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Marissa Explains It All. I'm recording from my phone, so please pardon the audio, but I did not prepare for this, even though I prepared for it um, ahead of time, and then I forgot that I did that. So I am here. It's a very special episode because I do not have Joyce. I do not have Jamal. But what I do have are very special replacements. Feel free to introduce yourselves. We'll do, we'll do this guy first, the one and only, the only one. Go ahead. What, what is your name? Tell the people. Well, most will know me by Farquaad. Yeah. my real name is Mark, and I am Marissa's brother. Yes, you are. And then we have another special person that created both myself and Farquaad. <laughs> And his name, everyone, is Hi, Dad. I'm Glenn Mendez. How are you? Or Dad. <laughs> and who are you saying how are you to? It's, it's saying hello it's to the audio. podcast world. Okay. Hello, podcast world. You're so old. I came and I surprised my father today for Father's Day. I'm in New Jersey. I did fly during COVID. And that was not anything to write home. It was honestly not very different. The only difference I would say is they did not serve us food on the plane. And pri- I did. I had a layover um, in Phoenix. So the first leg, they told us ahead of time, you have to order food. You are not, you're not going to get anything on this flight. And um, so that was the only difference. And then deplaning, they had us go by row and you were not allowed to stand up before the row in front of you exited the plane. Um, but that was only on a short, small plane. And the next leg was um, Phoenix to JFK and they gave no fucks. Uh, you could leave as you felt like. How there many was, was that? That was zero fucks? Yeah, zero percent. Um, and then they also provided you with a goodie bag of water and um, a bag of cookies. So that was their offering from that. Um, but other than that, traveling was very regular. They didn't really do much. No social distancing. They sat you next to people. There was a guy on my first flight that... Um, was very annoyed, or I'm sorry, my second flight, that was very annoyed they sat him next to people as if he didn't fucking know what he was doing when buying an airline ticket. That's how planes work. And lost his shit and asked the attendant to move him, to which the attendant was very calm and normal and said, okay, sure. And then he said, well, the people next to me have to move first. And we looked at him like, sir, you can t- by the way, you can respond to me. You can talk to We're talking. Um, he looked at me and, I mean, the attendant was like, well, you have to tell them to move first before you fucking lose your shit and <laughs> tell them that they're not moving. So he was a douche. Yes, complete. So he left. And but- did they find a spot where Oh, they had wasn't? a complete place okay. for him. And it was actually really nice because it, it, it created a moment of camaraderie around the people that I was with. And so we all right. were like, that guy sucked. We love each other. And we were well, all crazy. They kind of told us that they would be leaving every metal seat open and they're oh, not doing did that. They, oh, did that Oh, so then maybe that was it. And they got lots of money in this the bailouts for businesses. Okay. Because oh, the, right. travel, the airlines did. shut down. Yeah. So, you know, they at first they didn't have mask policies. Mm-hmm. Everybody should wear a mask. Yeah. You know, a little American does face. now. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, no, we're not going to see people next to one another. We're going to leave social distance. That didn't they happen went out the for window immediately. Seconds. Yeah. All right. If you guys hear, we're playing backgammon. Dice, we're playing backgammon. I'm going to kick my daughter's hiney. So. Um, and tell them our history. You've taught me backgammon since a kid. 
This is like, ooh. Oh, the old 6-1 move. Okay, so I'm, I'm very rusty. I'm red, right? You're white. Oh, why would you give me white? Because that's just the way it worked out. I don't but know I'm why. Okay, anyway. So we've played this game since I was a child. And uh, why do you like it so much? It's just a fun way to pass time and enjoy. Did you play it with your family? Oh, God, I played it, played it in college a lot. With bongs and back end. The four months you went to college, or thirty-seven seconds. I made an all-time record. Um, what am I doing wrong here? Where am I going? Okay. Why did that get? You there? have a five. Yeah. So one, two, three, four, and one. Can you remind me what order? Like yeah. where, where I'm going? You're I'm going, going this. Promise when we have grandchildren or children not to teach them this horrible game. No, no this is a no, great game. I love this great game. game. Right, yeah. You're you're going from these two, mm-hmm. and you're coming around that way. Got it. So your job is to get these two out of here as fast as possible. This is wonderful practice because I wanted to start an interview series with rappers where we play games. And this is intensely distracting to remember what I was going to ask you and also play a game. But it's, so. it's, it's good because it does distract you and it, and it makes you think about the game. And so you're answering honestly and quickly. Yeah, and it's not the best game to do it with because backgammon requires a lot of thought and um, counting. Okay, now why would you want to move to there? It's very. Oh, I'm going this way, yeah, right? You're going that way. So I'm getting my guy out. Right. So, oh, this is the three two move, but it's no, it? oh. no. You you want to keep your guys protected? Oh, right. with right because so if there's three, so two. you can't knock. Me so out. I can't knock you back. Okay. We had two things we needed to ask you. One, why the fuck do you buy those small water bottles? Because Farquaad yes. is very concerned about the I fact you concerned? cannot. You cannot qu- concerned? You cannot quench I'm much very, thirst. Oh, he's concerned. <laughs> so have satisfied. two. Have two. But oh, what a waste of plastic. They're they're not mine. They were for an event that I did. You've that... had them for the past six months. Exactly, which means I don't drink bottled water. So enjoy them, and I hope you don't die from them because they could be rabid. I don't know. <laughs> good, good luck with that. This is six, right? If I do this, you two. go six. No, six to here. You're going that way. Oh, so right. Six. Sorry. One, two, two three. three. Yeah, because I know the classic move. Six, three is a classic one. But... Okay. (laughs) My brother just slapped the shit out of the back of my father's head. Then our second question is, my whole life, you've always been very much about rearranging furniture in a room. Yes. And I was very curious about why that is. I like it. I'll I'll answer your question with a question. Okay. Is life static? Are you the same person now you were last week? Honey, Last month? I am very much Last year? No. Okay. So why would your furniture be the same? Keep keep it moving. Keep it changing. You can't move him at oh, all. Oh, you knocked me out because this is yes, six, right? Exactly. And five is and here. And five, yes. But if it would have had one more, yeah, I could have knocked you out. You don't have one more. Okay, thank you. you. Can't. <laughs> nice. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. And then I have a five. Oh, right. I could keep going. Oh, wait. Or I could just... Oh, no, but then you could get me right back, exactly. right? Okay. So... One, two, three, four, five. Remember that favor if you roll a two or a three? Nice. Okay, six, five. Um, so in my whole awakening that I had months ago that we've talked about on the show, I just feel like I have such a better understanding of my parents and everything that's happened. And then I recently went to my great Aunt Jenny's house, which is your... My father's half-sister. Yes, and so I learned a lot more about that side of our family. So Aunt Jenny, or Aunt Jenny, I kind of just change it up. Um, she is, she becomes, she's half what, Puerto Rican, half Italian then. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so then, so it was originally grandpa's parents were married, divorced, and then the dad went and had Aunt Jenny and everybody else. So Aunt Jenny is like the last of my relatives on that side. Yeah. Besides Uncle Kurt. 
who's no, my dad's no, actual there, brother? There's more. Well, great, but like in that direct bloodline. No, uh, there's someone in the d- very direct bloodline. Ooh. A guy named Dennis Boris, who's down in Florida, who's Papa Milty's sister's son. So no halvesies, no anything. His right. mother and father had four children. Mm-hmm. His One of his sisters, and I'm not sure of the order, but one of his sisters was my Aunt Mimi, my Aunt Mildred. Okay. And her son, who's 70, mm-hmm. is still alive. So he's a little older than Jenny, and he would be the only one of my relatives that is a full-blown, full-blooded... Do you speak to this man at any point in your life? I did. I spoke to him about three Saturdays ago for the first time in just under 50 years. Okay, good. So at least you'd have to keep it in touch. Very, very good, we, close stuff. Know, I don't want to be on top of one another. <laughs> <laughs> we don't Give each other a little space. space. Every 50 years, we told each other we called. <laughs> Quick five-minute catch-up call, all done. Good for the next 50. Good to go. If you make it or not. If I'm 110, I know I'm picking up a phone. (laughs) I swear to God. He may not answer, but you will call. I'll be right there. I'll be on So I found out a lot of stuff about that side of the family that I knew nothing about. And, you know, I, I mind to myself. I keep to myself. Um, my family was more, uh, with the exception of Aunt Jenny and Aunt Pat and Aunt Phyllis and Grandma Jenny, which that that was even fractured sometimes, not not often, but sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and her sister stayed very close. Again, occasionally fractured, but nothing, nothing serious. So I'm very close with my cousin Alan, who's my mother's sister's son, uh-huh. and we're only four months apart in age, so we're very very close. And my cousin Ronnie, who's his older brother, my cousin, and. Uh, and that side of the family, but my father's side of the family, there were some huge fractures. I mean, and I and you said even... something to me last week that kind of bothered me. And because, you know, we were talking about our heritage and I had just come from Aunt Jenny's and was very excited to learn that your grandfather, my great grandfather, so your dad's dad. Yeah, um, yeah, so the full, the Puerto Rican assassin. Yes. Um, you know, spoke eight languages and could paint with both hands and fucking could play any instrument by ear and did all these things. And you said to me, and you know, I was like, you know, I do feel like we never really celebrated our heritage. And, and this man is, you know, fully. And you said to me, well, you know, I don't care that I'm Puerto Rican. I'm American. And at first I was upset, but then I realized like, you don't, you don't, uh, you can't, what is it? You were so severed from that side of your family. I feel like you can't really like... Not only that, uh, my grandma Jenny, who Mm -hmm. was just a spitfire. She was just an awesome lady. She was Italian. Yeah. You celebrate. That culture celebrates more with the food and all of that sort of stuff. So that was Jenny's and little Jenny. Big Jenny and little Jenny is what they were called at the Uh time. Wait, Aunt Jenny's mom is a Jenny? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, They're both the same name. Okay, got it. And... That's what we did. I right. mean, Papa Mike said he had Alzheimer's, a, 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 a subset of Alzheimer's called Pick's disease. Yes. And it was terrible, and he was in a. Uh, uh, and you didn't know him very well because he, no, moved, he, he moved, moved when you were when nine. I was six. Oh, six. So in 1966, okay. uh, they moved to California. It could have been 68, so I wouldn't okay. be Whatever year it is, that's how old I am. And. Uh, so I never really got to know the man at all. I was a little child when he left, and when I saw him again in 1971, um, he was in the fetal position, and this oh, he'd already gotten sick. This disease had stolen his mind and his body. So yeah. I never got to really speak to this guy. When I was a child, 
should I have met and spoken to him? Fine, but I don't remember anything about it. I don't know what his voice sounds like. Wow. I know what my grandma Jenny sounded like. Right. But she I wasn't know. even your blood. No, right? she, she was, was my your father's, my father's stepmother. Wife. She was my grandmother. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but she was my father's stepmother. Okay. So wow. And then my father's mother was from Puerto Rico, and she was a De Leon, as right. in Ponce De Leon. And I remember I did a report on Ponce de Leon yeah. in fifth grade because I was so proud that we're from that <laughs> but, line, that lineage. But to be honest, when Ponce de Leon ended up in the Caribbean and Puerto Rico and all of that, he brought his entire family from Spain. So his brother was like the governor of the island and things. De Leon is a very, very, very common name. Right. There's no, ooh, I'm a de Leon. I'm, you know, right. No, it, it, it's very common. But her father, my great-grandfather owned all of the movie theaters on the island of Puerto Rico. So cool. So, but she spoke in a very thick Spanish accent. Oh, Couldn't wow. say the letter G. I was Nanny, not, not Glenny. I was <laughs> oh, Nanny. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, she smoked Tarrington cigarettes. Wow. And we would go to this bar uh, in Hope Lawn, New Jersey, on the corner of Florida Grove Road and Sumble Street. Holy Rosary Church is there now. And we would go in the back room and she would play the piano. And this woman who you think couldn't put two and two together sometimes so cool. was the most brilliant pianist you've ever seen in your life. And she would tell us stories and she should have a couple of cocktails. <laughs> and we'd all walk back. She could drink, there. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you guys, oh, there was, so do you, do you feel like there was a lot of alcoholism on that side of your family or? Because I know there's so much, I mean, we there's a lot of disease on that side. It's yeah, very there, dark. There was a lot of addictions. Yeah. That, that's all all. And I, 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 and I don't know enough, and I don't want to say right, right, right. what I don't know. I mean, I did learn more in speaking to uh, my cousin a couple of weeks ago, but it, it's not for me to say, it's not my story to tell. Yeah. Suffice to say, I'm glad things worked out the way they did. Yeah. That was, uh, there was some dangerous stuff going on. Over I, there. I do know too, and it, and it makes me so happy that you're a little past the age now, but I, I would... I would give it like 90% of that side of the family had got Alzheimer's or what so, you said, Pick's disease, right? In, in their it's, late it's 50s. It's a subset. Yeah. So my grandfather had a twin named John. So John and Michael Mendez. And both of them got Alzheimer's. The majority of their children all got Alzheimer's. On my father's side of the family, with the exception of my father and, and my Jenny. Aunt Jenny, that was it. Everybody Everyone, else yeah. got it. And there's so many of them. Yeah. yeah. So... My father had in the first family Beverly, Mildred, Michael, and then Milton. And Michael died young, but Be Beverly and Mildred both got it. Uh huh. And died. And of it. then in this, and both died from it. And yeah. then in, in my grandfather's second family. So then Michael remarried, and then he had four kids. He had four more. And children. out of four, how many died of Alzheimer's? Again, the Michael died young, and the Phyllis and Pat both. Died of Alzheimer's. Right. And then so, and then the mom also remarried and she had two. She had two children, but they... No Alzheimer's there. No, okay. No, nothing, so it came that, that from... That gene wasn't, wasn't prevalent at all on that side, okay. of, on my, my grandma Esther's, the De Leon side. And so did you prepare ahead of time knowing that that was a possibility? No. Or just because you knew that it skipped grandpa, you were good to go? I was fine to go. Okay. We were told that. I was, I'm curious too. I've always wanted to ask you, what did you envision your your life to be I feel like for a long time you kind of like I felt that you felt bummed that you didn't have kids that were doing the intramural sports and the typical the things I think we've evened out and you're very proud of us but I do feel like you wanted to have the traditional 
sports dad kind of sideline stuff and i'm just curious kind of like what you envision to what Boy. it was and how you had to come around to accept like what, what reality well, I is i remember when i first told you i hated sports we went to a... <laughs> well i think we could have told you that because <laughs> yes, we went to your we soccer were... games and you were picking flowers were, on the field you were, you were <laughs> catching butterflies in reddit center field <laughs> a jets game and i was wearing a number 10 pennington jersey chad pennington my boy love that guy <laughs> we were in really good seats which probably cost a decent amount of money so so i won these at a red cross auction and it was the last preseason game, and it was a hot summer day, and we were seated the first row inside the, the, the promenade. So we were under shade. It was gorgeous. We had a nice breeze. And you saw the people in front of us getting red as the game was going on. So Bald-headed guys are just fried. Around second or third quarter into the game, I turn to you and I say, Hey, this is boring. Let's leave. <laughs> and you just dejectedly look down to the ground. You're like, oh. Well, okay. we also have to accept that we have the world's most dramatic father. And yes. when I tell you the world's most dramatic, there, are, there are so many You're moments welcome. of my childhood that I recall that I've had to like, it's because of, of his no, do you remember him <laughs> insane reactions to things. Every single fall, he would dance in the aisle. Well, do you remember him taking the shark off the, the, uh, at the aquarium at the cra- and rolling around, around with it on the floor the and pretending it was murdering him? A stuffed shark. Wow. A toy. About 10 All right. to 20 All right, wait a people around us <laughs> wait a minute, wait started a minute. giving us the, giant, the most giant birth you've ever seen. Yeah, and like, he, me, people don't even laugh half the time. They're, they're annoyed with us. They're let concerned. Me, All right, let me just set this up a little better. So we're at the Boston Aquarium. Oh. And right right along Wharf Harbor. <laughs> the state and, makes Yes, we need the whole background. <laughs> that, that changes so, things. So we're in the gift shop after the after the the, the, the tour, the duck tour or whatever we did. And I grab a stuffed shark from a bin of stuffed animals and throw myself on the ground yelling, Help me! Oh my god. It was so not funny, like at all. And so anyway, this man also, so in addition to the funny things, he also gets extremely irate at the most random situations. You're welcome. And I recall a moment, um, I believe I was five, it was Valentine's Day, and you took me and mommy on a tour of somebody's, I want to say the governor's house or some random old shit that no one gave a shit about except you. And me and mommy broke off to jump on the bed of whoever's home it was. And the meltdown that followed. It was the governor of the state of New Jersey. The governor's house we were at. It was Christmas, by the way. Whatever. My friend No, was... there was a separate one. I'm talking about Valentine's Day. You guys had me sleeping at Grandma's house. You picked me up for this thing and then dropped me off at Grandma's house with a card. I had a glittery Valentine's card from you guys. But this was Valentine's Day. I uh, I, say, I think pre-Farquad, the year before he was born. So 1992. Yes. And you guys, it was... It was a set tour of something, and you were so mad that I thought I ruined your Valentine's. I thought I fucked up you and Mommy's Valentine's Day. See, you have a memory for things that I have no knowledge of, but let me tell this story about you jumping on the governor's bed. Okay. So, in Belmar, New Jersey, every year, two weeks before St. Patrick's Day, they have this glorious parade, and the governor goes and marches in it, whatever. And so that Christmas prior to that particular St. Patrick's Day, my friend called me up and he was, he, he had guarded the governor. Uh, oh, Jordan. Uh, Jordan called you. Yeah, Jordan okay. called yeah, me. He right. was on the New Jersey. My dad's best friend, so New for Jersey our whole State life. Police. And so he goes, hey, Lenny, get Marissa and Pam and come on down to Drumthwacket, which is the governor's residence. And there's no one here and I'll give you a tour of the house. 
So, so we do that, and Jordan and I are in front, and Pam and Marissa are, are behind us, <laughs> and we're waiting in the bathroom, and the guy had a TV in the shower. It was just the coolest thing ever. Which back and then must have been a huge freaking TV. Cool. Yeah, it was yeah, cool. Yeah. One of those old so, TVs. So we're waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and Pam and Marissa don't come. And then finally they come, and it's okay, let's go, and, and we keep going. And I, I guess I forget about the fact that where were they this whole time? So now fast forward to St. Patrick's Day, two weeks before St. Patrick's Day, and here comes Governor Jim Florio and Lucinda Florio, the governor and his wife, and their executive protection unit, and they're walking down the street, and Marissa's on the side of the street. I jumped on your bed. Oh, I, I bet I have. That sounds like some shit I would do. And the governor turned and was heading right for us. Well, I knew all the wow. guys on the executive protection unit, and I'm giving them the cut sign on my neck, and they took the governor and steered him back. And I looked at your mother and you and go, what the hell did you two do? <laughs> and Marissa That's... almost had everybody just in a, well, in a I world. Well, I think I can top that is when I, at like three years old, had two oh, oh. state troopers assigned, assigned to me. Why? Assigned. Because we, it was, who, what governor was Wait, it? It was Governor Whitman. We were at San Remo's Pizza in Woodbridge, New Jersey on Main Street. Oh, I remember. I have a picture and of that. There, I have a picture of Marissa with the governor and it's great. And little one was, was two or three years old, and he is undoing the top of every salt, pepper, and garlic on the table. You know how you do, how and, you and do. And the state trooper... I respect it. Caught, <laughs> ...caught him one second from grabbing the neon tube of the neon sign in the front window. He would have sliced his hand open the whole thing. The trooper grabbed him. His hand could not have been a half an inch away from it, and the guy just y'all just don't know. Okay, so now you do stuff. You still have to answer though what you thought it would be to versus what it became, and then I want to know your thoughts on all this police thing because obviously we do have a very close relationship with police. So let's let's start. Let's go back to my children. You have always been an academic. Yes. Always. I have the greatest pictures of you winning all sorts of awards. Your uh, snacker size was one of your... Oh, my snacker (laughs) size? That was my third grade project for an Um, exercise. I'm so fat. I'm the greatest. um, (laughs) So snacker size. You had the mansion with the McDonald's in it. Oh, I I invented a lot of things. I came up with a lot of... I wrote a lot of Um, things. so, So all the Young Writers Awards and all the great things... Uh, you know, it, it was sad when your mom and I divorced and, and I lost out on some of those things. I moved to Boston almost immediately thereafter. And the reality is, you know, Mark was was a, a child that needed a lot of attention growing up and needed a lot of uh, care. He did. Care, if you and, will. and I will say that I, I believe that a part of that, I, and I didn't know at the time, but I felt very neglected yeah. because yep. it was, we were spending, and because I was so yep. smart. Yep. You guys were like, she's fine. Let her go. She's she's great. And, that's and exactly I felt a happened. lack of support. And it wasn't even the academia or academia, how you say it. Because I knew I was good in that. It was yeah. like, I felt a lack of support in my creative endeavors. Yep. Because I don't think you guys understood that either. Oh, you no. guys knew, get good grades, I go. I didn't get it till afterwards. And you look back and Mark now, thankfully, has come out wonderfully fine. And he's a happy young man. Yeah, and, yeah. and it took a lot of work to get there yeah. you know and you got left in the dust my marriage got left in the dust everything got left in the dust and it was very very uh, different so am i happy now yes did i not understand i don't think any of us did when we were all in the middle of it 
There were there were no handbooks for divorce. There was no handbook for raising a child that really needed a lot more attention. And, I, and to your credit, I believe that you and mommy both came from parents that knew how to provide yep. and knew how to be there, but not necessarily emotionally. And I don't think that you guys were equipped to provide that for us either because there was so much going on in your life. And I think for a long time, I was so angry about that. Like, I felt like I just, I wanted a parent and like mom always felt that I was so responsible. I didn't have a lot of rules. Yeah. Yeah. And and I didn't have a lot of rules. And it was just like, I think I just always looked for you guys to parent me, like to tell me something or give me advice. And you got and I felt guilt I I felt guilty with that for a long time because I felt like you guys gave me such a good life and that I was asking for too much that I wanted a little bit more support in certain mm-hmm. levels and mm-hmm. I'm really happy that I think we all have grown and, and understood I think if I could tell anything to the world that asked the question you my world there's no handbook for any of this stuff. Yeah. And it was the hardest time of my life. To this day, I look back and there are things that I obviously would have done a lot differently. There's I, no I doubt. Can, I can tell you that I, yeah. I do wish and I hope you understand how detrimental it is that you did not tell me the things you and mom are going through. I yeah. think that really screwed up my relationship with my mother. I understand you were angry. And and again, there's no rule book. No right. one knew no, what, I know. Yeah. what was right. And none of my friends got divorced, the bastards. No, right. No, and, <laughs> no that is a big Those thing. bastards, think, not one of them. But it's very, very interesting or funny to me that I feel you've lived a very different life from your set of friends. And I yeah. I believe I have as well. Like, just, just different. And not good, not bad, yeah. different. You just lived a very different and life. You, you were our princess. There's no doubt. You got... You had right. I was very provided for. Yeah, the greatest childhood, and then suddenly, it it all just unravels. Yeah, I mean, just rapidly, my life unraveled. Your mom's right life unraveled. Everything went apeshit sideways. Mm And I, I'm going to say it again. There's no rule book. So it, it, none of us knew what to do. None of us handled it well. Nobody. Yeah. And I don't care who it is. Um, whether it was Milty and, and my mom had just passed too, which didn't help things either. Um, there was just a lot of stuff that went sideways. And if I could change all of that, I would. But we all are where we are today because we grew from that point. Yeah, and I also think, I mean, I, and I was really reflecting on it these last few days. I think you're one of the most brilliant people that I know. And oh, I, thank you, honey. And you and Mommy both. I mean, you guys are fucking very intelligent and not creative people, but no. very intelligent no, I'm people. Very, I'm very black and white with very little <laughs> yeah. gray. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like either of us. I mean, I've been playing guitar. But for I think like 15 we, years. I think we really oh. get it from that so, side of your family. So, but also, um, Grandpa so, Nork played guitar. And we're autistic. So, we both have so many tattoos, and we yeah. both have so, so many ideas for it. So my grandfather, Mark Morris's great grandfather, was left-handed. Could play well, ambidextrous. They said. could play. Well, he was left-handed dominantly, but he was okay. completely ambidextrous. Okay. Eight different languages and can play any instrument by ear. I'm going to say that again. Any instrument by ear from the spoons to the piano to the guitar, whatever. And who's left-handed and can play songs by ear? Oh, that would be Mark. (laughs) Yeah, or Farquaad. Or Farquaad, as you all (laughs) know. But but getting back to the thing about my children and their lives, and we'll talk about Black Lives Matter in a second. Um. I couldn't be prouder, and, and you don't know that 
at the time. You're always proud of your children and my kid. My kid passed wind and it smelled like roses. Oh, they were so <laughs> wonderful. You know, and the reality is that sometimes when you lay in bed at night, you're going, what the hell happened? Oh, my God. You know. And Marissa wasn't always a great kid. Mark certainly wasn't always a great kid. What the fuck I was. And I had an attitude sometimes. You, you, think, that it did. you think you had an attitude? <laughs> and the reality is that you stay with it and you never give up and you keep working hard and you always work at your relationship. And I am so proud, and now I'm going to cry, mm -hmm. to call the two of you my children. Oh. That's uh, enough. You'll be that I, dissertation. That I could PhD. That I couldn't be happier. Yeah. And uh, you know, both of you still have dreams and still have goals and still have desires. Mark wants to go for his doctorate. You're doing phenomenal PhD. in it's your different. in your in your media <laughs> Don't career. Kelly, I will be mad at you. <laughs> uh, in your media career, and it's just to watch you two continue to grow and evolve from little chitlins to these gorgeous wonderful adults we had a big conversation over dinner about tattoos and sleeves and all these silly things and i'm going no 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 and i'm saying no to a 27 year old and a 33 year old <laughs> there are no more no there are none my and, no, and my I, I calmly let him know i'm like it's not up because then dad's like did you talk to your mother to wow. my brother and i'm like dad he doesn't have to talk to anyone Which, for the record she's fully in favor <laughs> no but yeah you're talking my, to mom, mommy my loves. nose are like fucks there are zero there are zero fucks given yeah and zero no one gives given. a shit to yeah. give <laughs> so but the black lives matter movement okay so, yes. Colin, let's start with Colin Kaepernick. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. So here's the little background. So my father, have you always been a Republican or what is your no. association no, with Democrat. the party? Okay. I grew up Democrat. And when did you feel like you turned to be a Republican? I didn't. My friend did. Who, Jordan? And so <laughs> yes. once he turned, you turned? I, I'll, exp I'll okay. I'm very brief. Yes, because you are um, the most long-winded and we yeah. have a short yeah, attention span audience. All right, all right, okay. hang on, hang on. Just remember, so, summarize. We grew up in Middlesex County, New Jersey. Yeah. Democrats all the way. Our friends were the mayor and the councilmen and all that stuff. No problem. And lo and behold... So, question. Is Jordan from Prithamboy as well? Yeah. Okay, so all you guys yeah, are from Prithamboy. Okay, got it. Go ahead. And the core four, as they're known. Ah, so, to them, just themselves and no one else. Go on. Right. So, <laughs> Jamie, Jordan, Ray, and myself. Yes. So, we're all from Prithamboy. We all worked for the mayor. We all worked for the sanitation department in the summers. I mean, the whole deal, you know? Just a bunch of four douche nugget white guys. They, yep. As white as the day is. Even white. though he's half Puerto Rican, but yes. And <laughs> um, when we moved to Manalapan, Jordan was in, I, I lived in Boston. And when I moved to New Jersey, back to New Jersey, I moved to Manalapan because Jordan was here. Right. So he was in the state police, and in the state police, you have to be apolitical. Can't be a member of any party. You're independent. Oh, you just, really? Yeah, you okay. can't be involved in anything because you're endorsing it, and you would Gosh. then by, by, by de facto so the do state they police. Vote? Do cops vote? They vote, but they're not, they're not Defined registered. Defined to a party. They just... Right. They're, they're independent, so they only vote in the general elections, not in the primaries, because primaries are you, you declare as either a Democrat oh, or a Republican. Oh, okay. good to know. So Jordan, Jordan retires from the New Jersey State Police. What year are we talking? Seven, eight years ago, maybe even nine now. Okay, so you up until this point, be, you're a Democrat still. Oh, it could even be ten. Okay, so. And up to this point, I'm a Democrat. And still a registered Democrat. When I moved back to New Jersey, I re-up as a Democrat. I'm good to go. Well, he retires from the state police, and he's immediately approached by our sitting mayor, uh, the wonderful guy. Of Manalapan. Of Manalapan. Uh -huh. And says, would you run for township committee? And he turns him down the first time. Comes back again the next year and goes, you, you're going to run this year. Why, and why Jordan? Because Jordan was 
the president of the soccer club, the president of the Yorktown club, the president of this club, Ugh. the president of the Who Gives I a Shit club. He was he was the head of the Who Gives a Shit club. <laughs> and and so he knew everybody and everybody knew him. Mm-hmm. So who better to run? And you have a law enforcement background. Oh my god, you okay. are the shit. Yeah. You know, you're the cat's pajamas. So <laughs> so he goes he goes, Glenny. We're running for township committee. I go, what's his we, we shit, shit white man? <laughs> oh, is it white man or Batman? No, it's both. Oh, you okay. Know, so I've heard Batman. What's his we shit, white man? And he goes, no, no, no. We're going to run and you're going to be my guy. Okay, fine. So I become the strategist oh, for the first two years. So the it. campaign that Jordan won, not only did I strategize, Jordan got more votes than the sitting mayor. Thank you very much. Glenn, hell of a job. And was mentioned in everybody's (laughs) speeches. And then the following year, I was the strategist again, and we just crushed the following year as well. And then someone said, by the way, I went through the rules. How come you're not a registered Republican? I go, because I'm not a Republican Democrat. What (laughs) are you bothering me for? And lo and behold, I went down to Freehold, New Jersey. Yes, Bruce Springsteen and all that. Went to Freehold, New Jersey. And I became a Republican, and now fast forward 10 years, and I'm now the chairman of the Republican Party here in town. I'll be retiring in a year or two. How racist are those people? They have to be, like, the king of it. They have to be. Marianne's nice. No, I think that you, you look at certain people, and they're the loudest, and they theoretically define what it is. Republicans are just for smaller government and no bullshit and money, and, right? And yeah, and, and they're yeah, usually they the like they usually are rates. in the higher socioeconomic classes. And Democrats um, are usually in, 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 and and the guys these are broad brushed, broad painted here with a big brush. Um, Democrats like more social programs. President Johnson's Great Society program in 1968. You know, we're going to give people money and welfare and all of these things as a temporary stopgap measure, never meant to last generations. Yeah. You know, temporary stopgap. And that's all very nice, but there has to be limits and controls. So Republicans are for the limits and the controls, and the Democrats say, no, just let me... Let me, let me ask you, and, and try to speak as candidly as possible, but... Do you feel growing up, I mean, obviously you grew up in a like a mixed race household. So do you feel you were always accepting or were there not a lot of black people in, as a child in Perth Amboy? Oh, Dan no. Boy? <laughs> Perth Amboy was as ethnically diverse as Right, so I would think so, be. yeah. But we had race riots in 74 and 76 where people got killed. In, in Perth Amboy? In Perth Amboy. Get the fuck out. We made... Yeah, we didn't Ray, make... Was George, a few of them were there with you, right? Big yeah, Ray protected oh, y'all. Well... We all did fine, but but the reality is we didn't make Channel Two, Channel Four, and Seven, Channel Seven News. No, we made the national CBS feed, the national NBC feed, and the national ABC feed. That's how bad these race riots were in school. In in school, people were killed. Yeah. So in Perth Amboy High, in Perth Amboy High School, in seventy seventy four and seventy six. Because I was there for both. So. We're we're walking down the hall one day. We're about three or four abreast, and I I'm in the middle because I'm the smallest. But football players on each side of me, and his royal largeness was, was Uncle there. Ray. Uncle Ray was there, <laughs> and they came running down the hall, and it was just what was it over like? So who um, what? A Dominican girl had gotten stabbed, and there was a big brawl, and pipes were. Put to people between heads. whom and whom, like white the blacks, and... the Dominicans, the Puerto Ricans. There, there was. 
Everyone for themselves everyone or were people together? Yeah, oh, okay. Everyone for themselves. What, what a, team are you fighting on? None. Just leave oh. me alone. Just oh, okay. get the fuck out of my face <laughs> and get, leave me alone. Okay, so but so as it's grown, like, I mean, I know you've lived in Benalapin, which is predominantly white. Yes. Um, Do you know, you know what <laughs> Alpin stands for in Old Indian? <laughs> what? A town full of a shitload of white people. <laughs> <laughs> and like, but you know, it's funny because I recall this month, I've talked about this on the show, I've talked about it with Mommy, and it was first grade, I believe, and remember Mom's grandmother um i just knew her as nana grandma's mom or i believe and she was living at grandma's house and we were watching yeah we were watching sister sister in the attic t and tamara mari show and i remember nana saying something to me like oh this is a colored programmer so you shouldn't watch this and i just i know for i know i don't recall any race conversations in the household but i already knew in first grade that that was completely fucking wrong and i was like nana you don't say that that? and i kept watching tv but it's just i I say that to say like you know you see a lot of memes now like it's not enough to just not be racist you have to be anti and it made me wonder or think about like our home like i already was anti but i don't think i just think it was known amongst us like we were never but it's just interesting now because i feel like you live such a white life and so and i'm sure all your friends are very very white and well he also had a hide it i remember a story he said when he first met grandpa he he couldn't couldn't tell him his his last last name name. yeah that i know yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but so but i say i say that to say you have you kind of experienced both sides of the coin oh very much but you haven't i don't I've never seen many black friends of yours. So I'm just curious how you, you know, and honestly, not, don't be Mr. Good Guy. I want yeah, you to be no, honest and tell me what you've learned. It's changed. Nothing to, it changes. There's nothing good or, 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 or bad. Look, I, our family doctor was black. Yeah. Oh, Jim um, had Dr. Dinner. Wales, really? Yeah, yeah but, but don't, Jim but I, had I, dinner at my house every Wednesday night my entire life. Yeah. I guess it's real. I guess we just literally always were so diverse that it wasn't a conversation. Yeah. But do you feel like it became more of a conversation as you got older, as you became less diverse? Because I can say that's 100% factual. Your life has become extensively oh, very, less diverse. I'm the Republican chairman <laughs> of a town in Old India in the means town full of a shit. Yeah, exactly. And all your friends are um, white and everything's white. Look, there's, no, there's nothing I can say to answer the question. It's just how life has evolved. I mean... Um, it's not that uh, there's just not not a lot of black people in my world at this point in time. But but if you go to my distributors or you go to any of those things, yes, I, I, there's lots. You know, which is so far removed from me and Marissa, who both have roommates who are. Well, yeah. I mean, even beyond that, I believe. I mean, obviously. Well, I, when I, I met Mike, I didn't go. Oh my God! Marissa, well, I mean, I wouldn't you know? expect you to. But um, no, it's just I'm just it's just interesting because, like I said, but like. That is our upbringing. We all, I think yeah. we all, like, Woodbridge, Ford's completely diverse as well. Like, But, I mean, let's look at the other yeah, side. Now, okay. high school when I graduated had four black <laughs> students. I Four! That's crazy. There's not a lot of black families here. Yeah. Not why I moved here. I moved here because my best no, friend No, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if, if a black family moved in next door. No, I've never felt a racist bone in your yeah, body. Come on in. But nice. but it's just honestly I've never worried about that with you as, at all, but I do wonder, you know what I'm saying, if you've had friends and it just makes me very ex- not excited, happy that I feel you boldly speak up for what you believe in oh on God. social media I and your caught, friends are following uh, you. I caught a thunderstorm. That and that's that was more to yeah. what I wanted to talk yeah. about. Yeah, so cuz that my dad has, you know, obviously like I said, uh, like he said he works with the Republican committee here in his township, so obviously a lot of his friends are of that same feather and um he's been very vocal on social media about colin about black lives matter about standing for what's right and so you know and mommy has too and i'm really proud of both of you because she has also become a republican in recent years which it's boggled farquad and my mind like the just we are the most raging democrat kids or you're not even a Democrat. you're like 
all the way, whatever, you're everything. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he fondles Bernie Sanders regularly. <laughs> really? We don't know what he is. With the money we got, a guillotine only cost about 12 Anyway, <laughs> so um, it's just very interesting that you guys have, like, raging dem kids, and you guys have both, but, but to, you know, to your credit. But I raised you to be this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm happy with what yeah. you both are. But, uh, but I'm very curious with how you deal with that with your friends. If it's a conversation, well, how do you, at, at your age, what is it like? What is that? I have... Many friends. I'm having dinner Thursday night at a retired police officer's home. Mm-hmm. And shame on them to this extent. I am so proud of my friends, and I wrote it in one of my social media posts. They've been in situations thousands of times that have could have been one of the situations that we've witnessed recently, and especially the three or four in the past few days, not just Floyd, but the other people as well. And none of those situations went that way. They de-escalated. They, they yeah. Whatever the situation I can was. say without a doubt, I've never seen anything right. with, around your Nothing. friends that has ever concerned so me. Or... The problem is, it's called the blue wall of silence. Absolutely. And instead of them turning out the police officer that is using too much violence, that is that is going over the they're top. They're protecting them, and they're not saying they, anything. They're they protecting them, them. They're lying. The higher ups are making the cases go away. One of the things that I think just got repealed in New York was... Now, By the way, my brother needs to be on the radio. Listen to this kid's voice. But okay, on. Nice one of the cases in New York that the New York court just lessened was now private citizens can access police complaint records, which before... Well, yeah, right. Yeah, they are repealed 50A or yeah. whatever. Uh, but yeah. yeah. And so now that's... We're going to find out how many complaints the guy who yes. choked out in front of the bodega... How do you, oh, right, right, right. How, Eric, Eric, Gardner. Eric Gardner. How many complaints killer. he had at yeah. him. How many complaints... Sheldon, Sheldon. And, and let's ask... It was found out that the one who killed... George, I think was it, Yeah, right? George Floyd. It had nine complaints Chauvin, against... Chauvin? How do you Chauvin? say that? Yeah, he had, he had... He had about, like, nine or ten complaints about... No, I know. No, yeah, wrong, I right? it. wrong. He had 18 complaints uh, in so 19 years. Yeah. And two of them went for further disciplinary action. But the other 16 did not. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, the part okay. that it's not what about it? Go back to Eric Gardner for a second. Hold on, I know you're so passionate about this kid. Oh, go back to Eric Gardner for a second. <laughs> yeah. He was selling single cigarettes. Right. No, I mean, all of it was you ridiculous. Exactly. To die. Now, do you know why the police went there and responded to that call? Why? Because the, the store the was owned was by a captain's brother in law. Oh, the fucking blue Are wall, you kidding dude. me? Yeah. It's so crazy. That's how that happened. And you just go, what the fuck? But the fact of the matter is, the police also have on their end, too much responsibility. They're getting billions of dollars a year in money when that should be taken away to fund social workers to help de-escalate people. Well, I do I do like what they're doing now with replacing some officers with, like, trained Social workers. Yeah. But the thing is, communities of lesser income don't necessarily trust these outside forces. I, I believe, yeah, Guys, absolutely. I don't want to talk about defunding the police because I don't think we should defund them. I think we so should let me finish, re- let me yes. finish my point. That's what it means, though. Yes. I want to make sure that police officers are relicensed every three years, mm-hmm. that their records are looked at, yeah. they're given psychological training yes, and psychological so testing to make sure that in those three years, let's say you're in what used to be the South Bronx or areas that are very, very... Tough what and, used and to be crime, Harlem, crime, City. Yeah, right? Yeah. Crime-ridden gangs, whatever, and you start to develop this shell and start to become jaded. Yes. Okay. That we have to move that guy out of that situation, get him to a situation where he could relax, decompress, and, and get back, and yeah. just learn again to de-escalate situations instead of immediately reaching for your gun or your. Club I read or another another um, 
the, a plan of action is or, or a proposed idea rather was in order to fire their weapon um literally their weapon won't work unless the camera's on and i think that's beautiful i think that's a great plan as well well the fact of the matter is well, it should hang be on, a hang on, hang on. Fence. guys give me a second wait there's there's too little time for that well, in a well, situation. The camera should well, that's the problem. Right. Exactly. Right. So that's the what I'm saying. Your camera should be on from day one, but from the moment. But the that's what I'm saying. That's where shit. you fuck up. Yeah. You're going to risk your own life because your yeah. camera's not on. And that's, yeah. what, and that's what it, that's what well, it hey, creates. Well, and what about this? What about you, you don't only have a taser and a weapon that kills. You have a, a sedative gun of some kind. Right. Something oh, that yeah. Just, well, look at the just absolute, What do they call it? Tranquilizer, tranquilizer, tranquilizer gun? Yeah. <laughs> or, or disorients them for a moment yeah. and let you move in. Is a tranquilizer gun like a real thing? Or that's yeah, only yeah but they use it on wildlife. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. That's why I was you laughing, but I didn't know is? if I was saying something disrespectful. What? If I hit you with a tranquilizer and you go down and split your head open, oh. I'm, still, I'm still the bad guy. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is if you look at other nations, necessarily they are smaller. Like... Sweden hasn't had a cop killing since I believe it's 2002, 2000. They haven't had a cop kill a civilian since then. Their training is over three years long, and they Ooh. have to go for certification each five years, I want to say. I might be wrong okay, on that. So what does the that fact of the you? matter is that a hairdresser in America needs more salon hours than a fucking police officer thank you it's something that is ridiculous yes and all you need is a fucking high school diploma mm-hmm. you should at least at a minimum have either an associates or a bachelor's in criminal science yes something that proves that you want to make this a career and not that you were the high school jock and all of a sudden you can no longer bully people and you want you know, benefits you know, and Mark, you are making just one points were made and, and state police did have a college uh, uh, requirement. diploma requirement at one and point. I think they had to drop it because it was constitutionally challenged and they won. Well, that's because, oh. again, and the biggest nuggets, problem dude. in America here is not even necessarily the police. And I'm not going to go into the argument of a few bad apples. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Yeah. Because you can't have a few bad apples. You can't have a few bad pilots. Like Chris Rock said, <laughs> our pilots like to land the planes some of the time. It <laughs> Doctors can't do it. So police, what right, if, they get immediately delicensed. They get delicensed. They get all this stuff. And it... it my homegirl just accidentally sold some heroin for somebody. <laughs> she didn't mean to. Right. It was and, someone else and, not she, mine, and, I swear. and she can no longer give massages anymore. Yeah. But fucking police can kill someone and they can't. I mean, heroin's well, probably not called, the ideal uh, Qualified drug. immunity. Yeah. So one of the biggest issues here in America, it's not necessarily, well, it is the police, but it also, it's also the police unions and the things that they lobby for they get through. One of the biggest issues, which the Supreme Court just refused to look into, is called qualified immunity. Whereas a cop- yeah. This is, I love Farquaad teaching us things. This is great. A cop in their job is qualified to kill. They are licensed to kill. They have that responsibility. And if they discharge their weapon, the reason there are so many few cases where cops get in trouble for killing someone is mm-hmm. because of qualified immunity. Right. And the Supreme Court just refused to look at that. And that's one of the bigger issues that the Supreme or that the police unions so, have caused. So let's look at the broader issue. We need term limits. Yeah. Because we have to get politicians out of there. The politicians are like company. After three days, they all start to stink from the head down. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, two terms as senator, which is 12 years. Or six terms as a congressman. And you're out. You're fucking gone. Okay? Mm-hmm. This isn't a career. Well, what was the it's... line of the Senate? How long was he in there? Well, uh, they... JFK's brother. No, not not even Ted. Uh, the guy from North Carolina was there for like... But what about Mitch McConnell? 15 terms. It, it, these guys... This it's, not, it's supposed to be a calling to service, 
not a career for the rest of your life. Yeah. Okay? And if one of these guys goes, hey... I still have things to do. Well, if you didn't do it in 12 years, you're not worth the shit that you were fucking brought in on, so get out. Right. Okay? Now, that puts you guys in the direct line of ascension to a local assembly or senate, I mean, a state assembly or senate seat, and then a federal assembly or senate seat. You guys have a different view of things. Mm -hmm. But all of the people in the senate are me. Right. They're 50, 60-year-old white guys that don't understand what you're talking about. The fact of the matter, there's only about five people, AOC and there's the four others. So in summary, have you had these conversations with your friends? Yes. And what, how do they go? (laughs) Some go very well, (laughs) some not so much. Yeah. And they can only say, and, and in a way rightfully so, you didn't see what I saw. Right. But I then turn around and say, what you saw in some cases was very bad and you did nothing about it. Right. Okay? And that stops the conversation. So let's be be cognizant. We all want to be protective. We all want to do these things. These guys are held to a different standard. And for good and for bad. So 99.995% of the police officers are wonderful men and women who are out there every day risking their lives to oh, save? I would say you're giving a really say, strong number. My large fat ass. Yeah. On the other hand, that 0.5 percent that uses violence as their weapon and their drug of choice, so they can get high off. Oh, I beat the shit out of that right. guy or yeah. girl. No. And then go home and beat their wives. Also. And they give them a little, little, give them a little what for them. Right. And yeah. it's it's just guys, you have to weed out your own. You're gonna make us. The police officers and women, men and you women, said, did you say us? Are going to make us create laws? Oh, oh yeah, that change their lives forever. And had they just done what they they promised to do with the public, mm-hmm. which is weed out the bad guys. Yeah, you're not weeding out the bad guys from you first. Random question, and, and please be and honest. Girls. You don't have to like you know you don't have to say it is. But have you ever felt a bigger responsibility to defend? that because i work in hip-hop and all of that or is it's really just what you believe in or i was just curious if you've ever felt a larger responsibility again i went to a very ethnically diverse high school right and you are yourself a minority yeah you didn't see you didn't think you just did Mm -hmm. the couple of times in my life where i couldn't say my last name to someone that gave me pause and for a young man or young woman of color to be pulled over by and do you, But do you recognize your privilege in the fact that oh my God, you yes. can hide sure. that last name sure. and you don't oh, have to very much admit so. to that? Yeah. There was a young lady in Dallas, Texas a few years ago who got pulled over for not using her blinker. Mm-hmm. She died three Sandra days Sandra Bland? Later. It no. might be. She died three days in jail? later in prison. Yeah, yeah, I believe it's Sandra yeah. Bland. And that's... Are you kidding? Yeah. For not using your blinker? Mm-hmm. And, right. and, and these guys don't get nailed to the cross and they don't get held to that standard because the wall the blue wall stands in the way and we just have Come to here, be, blood. we have to be more transparent and we have to be better Facts. at it and you know all right that's it and then in closing because we're almost at my hour i do want to ask you too because i feel you and i have had very different childhoods and very different experiences with our parents because we've lived differently so i'm curious if you've ever felt like you missed out on anything or that 
you feel you need some you still haven't reconciled a certain part of where of what you've dealt with like what did you see that being a kid with undiagnosed adhd who has later went away in my adult life adhd mostly i want to talk to you about that as well too yeah. mostly focuses on young kids developing kids into their teenage year there are rare cases of adult adhd have you do you read as as someone who's done like do you is that a passionate topic for you do you research that are you into that yes and no i looked into it just to make sure i'm better because i've been off medication now for years but circling back we noticed (laughs) circling back to when i was a kid my parents our parents didn't (laughs) know how to handle especially back in the 90s when the science and the psychology and really at some points they felt that you don't even have a real disease they felt that adhd wasn't even a real fucking well thing. and they kept giving oh them yeah you would know as the parent different medications at so, five you were you tried to jump out of a fucking window because so, of a riddle. so it would take well ritalin made me a fucking potato and mom to all her credit after the divorce really didn't know what to do with me well, no, wait, so you were saying, too, about the medicine. They would give him different medications, and it would take three months for the medication to see if it worked or not. Oh, and in You're those You're talking months, 90 days? Are you kidding me? And this kid got kicked out of so many fucking schools. Oh, my schools. God. Every, <laughs> every one of them. About 14 what, schools. How many schools did he get kicked out of? All of them. <laughs> there was school 27. There was... No, we get schools. it. Yeah, but, but so... In, back to your nursery schools. You Candyland. Oh, my God. Them. Fucking preschool. Like, who gets kicked Five out of, of preschool? Candyland. Mark Glenn Mendez. That's, that's me. <laughs> And I'm now getting my PhD. I was in Hawaii, and I was at a national sales meeting. Oh, you poor thing. And I got a phone... Guys, and I got a phone call that he had destroyed another classroom. And I sat there and (laughs) cried. I didn't even realize. I I saw my mom cry for the first time as a kid because of Mark. And it was right after your guys' divorce. And I think she was so defeated because she didn't have someone else there with her to fight to. You guys had to do it separately, co-parenting plus this. It's a lot. That's a fucking lot. I, I... Picked my head up. The room was empty. Everyone had left, and I didn't even know it. Oh my and, god! And Michael Mandavi of the Robert Mandavi family comes over to me and offered help and assistance, and I accepted it. And we got Mark a little bit better. And and then when I came back, and I'm going to let Mark finish his story. When I came back from Boston in 2002, I said to your mom, "I, I want to." bring him with me right and he so, needed that so in essence i had 12 years with you yeah and i left and then i had 12 years with him oh yeah from six but on, i think i think that's why you and or, i only just got close to 24 mark in like the last as, year as we have aged and got yeah older. because we had no chance of being close as being a kid. close together but anyway so go ahead but circling back you know being just there i believe there were two suicide attempts on my end as a kid and then mm-hmm. later in high school there's this shit but that's a, a different thing Tell um, you blame me for that, too. Well, I mean, you did stab me in oh, the shoulder. Oh, Josh, I didn't stab you, but... Really? It was, it was a love tap. Oh, once or twice a stab. <laughs> this one required stab? four stitches. Oh, no, there's only four. Oh, was, on the day of my high school fall. graduation. You guys are fucking psychotic. You made me you. do it. Oh, my God. I flipped your titty, and that's why you stabbed me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, How am I related to this family? Go ahead. But circling back, uh-huh. I was heavily meted up. And there just wasn't a lot of science back then. Can I tell you too, and I don't know if you know this, but that is why Mike's name is Mike Zombie, because he had ADHD as a child oh, as well, he? and his medication made him a fucking zombie. It was and Ritalin, that's where he got which literally his name. just fucking couched me. And you were fat. For, I was about two and some change <laughs> in middle school, which you were is a morbidly fat obese. <laughs> um, and for up until probably 10, 11 year, years old, for that many years 
I sat in one room, the purple mm-hmm. room at Grandma's and house. And played video games in your underwear and ate cereal. And ate cereal, <laughs> Dorito, that was, ramen. That was dinner. That was until he went to bed. Yeah. When I came back. There was not a lot of structure. And I, yeah. and I would say to, and, and that's what, to my point and about. And no fault to mom. No, that's what I'm saying. To, to mom's point, it was let my kids do whatever they want that makes them happy and let me provide for them and be there for them. And when there's an emergency, I'm there. She provided me, and both mom and dad provided both of us with a phenomenal childhood. Right. There was just no structure. And I would not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were very much left to our own devices. Yeah. But retroactively, I believe that now that has shaped us as adults oh, for sure. to help love us, who I am yeah. I, to help us move forward in our lives me pursuing my PhD and I pursue- think it makes us a lot more understanding of a lot of other people other lives. people yes exactly yeah um and it's just crazy how it's changed so much but what do you how do you view mom and dad do you have any anger and and be on like you know but like because the more you're honest with it, I think the quick, easier it is to heal it as well. But this is something that I recently went through in the last two months. I think I really reflected on. Because I was very angry at mom. I felt like... You no, know, her- I've always dealt with them more than you had. By you the have, time, yeah. You have. I had more time with them than I believe you No, for did. sure. Infinitely more time. Um, I really wasn't... I didn't have so a lot of time I don't necessarily one. know if I have any... Definitely as a kid, I do wish... and I, And I've talked to mom about this a few times that... I wish she pushed me more in a certain direction. Okay. You know, hey, why don't you go outside? Oh, you don't have to sit in this room all day and just play video but, games. But you know, for to her point, hours. I don't think she knew how to do that. I don't Nobody think did. it yeah. wasn't there. Yeah, I don't think um, I don't think our parents came from those environments. They didn't have that. And but I think I've realized that all the things I dislike that our parents did or, or, or said or felt or whatever, that I've applied that to my life and made sure that I don't do that to people, yes, they, to other people, they've given, you know? And on dad's and not and, and to no disrespect to you, dad, yeah. but just saying, I've learned from where I felt shortchanged. I've taken that and applied that and made sure that I don't do that. And, and, and I tried as well when when you broke up with someone who penny we could we uh, say names here with smoke oh smoke uh-huh. and you and i were on the phone for hours oh yeah you were the one that i could call and because and i mean to mom's not not to her credit the other thing but detriment i guess detriment. but that she that part she's not the greatest she's not word. the best when you're in a situation <laughs> yeah emotions are not her i called my bag. mom when I, we call, i called mom when i got lost once in new haven connecticut yeah she's not good with and panic i told her i got lost and her word lost how did you get lost yeah she'll just yell at you and be annoyed and tell you to like you know just look at a map and i'm suck like it up and stop dated, that's like after reference. two weeks of breaking up with smoke she was distraught that i was still crying and thought i needed therapy and all that. i'm like <laughs> mom i was with this man for almost two years i'm gonna need a little more than two weeks to cry yeah. me and kelly under in three years october right? yeah yeah, and so like dad was the one that I could call him and be like, Dad, I'm crying again over the same exact thing. Can you please give me the same speech but in different words so I can relate again? And, and, what, was, and what was my best bit of advice? I don't know, but they was you all great. You can't trip over what's behind you. Exactly, yes, yes. And so dad, in that sense, I feel like you've always been my emotional support and mom has always been my rational. Because you, you're a very irrational person. Your emotions are irrational Everything is all over the place. but when- So you're saying once in a while I lose it. <laughs> but when you need someone to be your biggest cheerleader. You're right or when you, I could call dad and be like, hey, dad, I'm dating a serial killer. It's crazy. I, I, it's like a long story, but like is he's he great. Is nice serial killer? Yeah. Dad will be like, we love him. That is my son. Where can I meet up with him? We are grabbing a beer tomorrow. What's it? Like dad will fight for anybody in his life. And mom will be like, what money do you need? Where do you need me? To-? Like whatever. Like there's... 
Lots of shortcomings on both of your guys' side. But, but I, at the I, same time, I just time, want to talk yeah. about Mark again for one second. Yeah. And so he was in high school and he was maybe a freshman or a sophomore. And he came to me one day and said, I want to play the guitar. And I said... I thought that was I eighth said, grade. I said, Whatever. You, well, eighth grade would have been your freshman year because... Oh, well, I missed the cutoff date. Men's held you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you didn't miss the cutoff date. They held you back. <laughs> yeah, you were just dumb. So, <laughs> so um, I said, okay, but you have to give me two years. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear a word. I want to hear, I can't make practice. I can't do this two years from this day. And it literally altered his brain. And one day he woke up and he was maybe in his, the beginning of his senior year of high school. And he said, I'm not taking my medication anymore. Oh, and I yeah. Go, what was that you, moment for you? Are so you it sure definitely you was a combination that? of both the learning of the guitar and martial arts, which just helped me focus in general. I mean, and I, around I, that time, I also started meditating. No, that shit is so real because, I mean, for me, uh-huh. in my own thing, just it was a certain, it was a combination of I started therapy, smoking weed. Oh, I re- got a therapy. Reading books. And I think all of that was what sparked my own, hmm. oh, I yeah. would call that your awakening, I would say. Yeah. You know, probably the moment you knew that no, you didn't th- need through all Through work, I have a, they pay for me to go. They to have ther- are, you, are you still in therapy now? Yeah, I I'm talk. I'm such an advocate About once a month, I'll, oh, just, yeah. I'll call them up. I mean, I haven't, I've st- I stopped going to therapy, I would say, probably like October. I just kind of feel like I advanced past what they can tell me, and I kind of, I've been really healing well, myself. I feel I have as well, but what helps me is it's an... I will talk to them, I'll explain to them what I'm feeling, and they'll be just like, yes, or have you thought about it this way? Okay. So it's kind of almost like an echo chamber where nine times out of ten, they, like, yeah, you're, why are you here? You're right. Do you, have you, I'm so sorry because I know we're bouncing around, but have you switched therapists? Have you ever felt like someone wasn't giving you what you needed and you've gone to a different I've had three so okay. far, yeah. And yeah. so you do feel like when they reach whatever max when you don't like Either you- they aren't giving me what I want, okay, necessarily so not what I want to okay. hear, like they are, they're not necessarily giving me the right advice, or they're just there for they're the not, paycheck. Right, or, they're not interpreting what you're. They really for. don't care. Yeah, yeah. But go ahead. So, so to your point, though. So, but yeah. So around that time, between the guitar, the martial arts, which I have continued to this day, and meditation, which <laughs> also, I continue about martial arts. <laughs> I just, I just like blew snot out of my nose. Mark fucking loves guitar. I mean, not guitar, swords, and like. <laughs> In high school, was it? Every he cut up. Thing, he cut up all of. He cut up all of Dad's furniture with fucking Furniture. Stores. The ceiling in his room and had a drop ceiling. No, those every are from, one of them had fucking stab wounds. No, 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 no. Those are from throwing knives that missed the wall. <laughs> they missed the wall and hit the ceiling. No, they missed a fucking four walls. <laughs> I destroyed the paneling. Yo, one time, I'm better now. I can hit the ceiling with. One I can time, hit the wall with this. me and my mom both got like angry, panicked phone calls. Like my dad was kicking my brother out of the house because my brother cut up so much furniture, and the two of them were about to stab each other. And me and my mom were so fucking annoyed because we were tired of dealing with their fucking shit. And then I moved out. <laughs> well, after, but very. very you, you, what did you just say? It, I it moved was like out. it was like You're two, you it was like out. five years later, six, seven, eight years later. You moved out. Eventually, you moved out. You know what I told him I wanted for his twenty fifth birthday? What? For him to get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> and he did. I did. You did. But so go ahead. Uh, we were talking about ADHD. Oh, oh yes, my martial awakening. arts. Yeah. Uh, so the so between guitar and martial arts and meditation, I just felt to the point where I outgrew medication, and that's a whole different subject. I believe America as a whole heavily over medicates. Absolutely, their youth. I agree. Um, I think that 
more so than not, parents are lazy and don't want to deal with their children. And also doctors are. They're like, here, well, I can it's, get paid. It's not so much, well, it's the doctors and it's the pharmaceutical companies that give doctors yes, a cut of the profit. Yeah. All right, wait a minute, because there's one part that you guys are missing here. What? By all so means. Parents are being lazy. In a sense, yes. All right, hang on. But they also don't know their options. The, the, they don't know their options, number one. They both have to work. Uh, yeah. Okay? You can't be in a standard school system. Mm. So now, the, remember that, that place they sent you in Piscataway? The hellhole yeah, yeah, that, that I one. pulled your ass out that of? That was a fun one. That was, was that? not fun. It was That was Somerset Hills Academy. Where no, I, no, no. That was Raritan Valley Academy. Raritan Valley. I punched a teacher that one. <laughs> where they would put kids in padded rooms and just bide the time. What? It yeah. was horrible. So I punched a teacher. There, I <laughs> fought so about funny. five kids there. I got suspended a few. T- that was a fun one. That was a bad one. No. The, the fun, it, this isn't a joke in any way. It was a terrible place. Well, if I'm being realistic. But you're such a docile, like, cute little person, and to think of you punching a teacher is Well, so back crazy. then, it was very different. And yeah, I used to, like, bite my face back in the day. I've definitely mellowed out a shit ton now. Yeah, you literally left, remember the ring you left on my face when you bit me? It was a big circle on my cheek. Mm. I literally had teeth marks for, like, two weeks. It looked like pimples. It'd be like that, though. <laughs> that anger and that pent up inside of him. I could show you all the furniture at my house and the walls. I actually had to get a new ceiling for downstairs before I moved out because there was not one ceiling tile in a room that was 12 by 12 that wasn't completely obliterated. You gotta love him. Music well, music yeah, it was music a lot of fun. Well, that's why I do martial arts, MMA in yes, general. Yes, all over my walls okay. you did martial arts. Martial arts, Jimmy Arts, Ralphie Arts, Mark, Mark Arts, Mark Arts. <laughs> MMA and Hema are a great way to do uh, burn off steam. Oh, I guess so. And so you feel like all of that is a combination. And so you haven't looked back. I haven't looked back. Have I've you ever had a moment back. where you've considered like, shit, I might need it again? I've been no, not I've not. Lately. I mean, high school and for for better college was just a very interesting time for me. Without the medication, just so many different op- venues opened up. And just being more experiment during that time, shrooms, you know, just trying different shit then. And just since then, haven't ever looked back, haven't needed medication but since then. But he did then. it. He got through college. He did all, it took, a, it took a little bit longer, but he switched majors and he yeah, did it. I'm so fucking no mad, one held like, his hand. Especially he did who, it. who you are now, Mark. Like, I think yeah, that's yeah, why I'm so Finishing school later. I mean, you. I'll probably be like 35 when I get my PhD. Yeah, but you eventually. know what? You're doing it. And I, I just feel you are just such a different person, even from. A few, even from three years ago, honestly, and I think Kellyani, your girlfriend, she is a has, big part of that. She's mm-hmm. definitely pushed me and helped me so much, and I love that woman. Oh, we know. Oh, we know. It's I literally all you talk we, about. We heard dinner. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, I think she's been so wonderful for but your. But she growth. helps yeah. fuel my passion for my Pete. Her getting her MD. Which, Dad, why well, I said you can't say I'm getting my doctorate. It's a huge difference. Okay. <laughs> um, Don't disrespect the doctors. Do not. The they will get very angry. Yeah. But what, what does Kiana have? She she's a pharmacist. She's a doctor also. So what does she's she have? Doc, she's doctor a doctor. Pharmacology. Pharmaco- she it's a, technically a different degree. She's still re- t- uh, doctor though. Yeah. No, she's definitely doctor. She, if you call her Miss, correct it to doctor. Yeah. Like, it's doctor. That, that's my bestie. We call her Doctor Kiana. <laughs> yes, but yeah. But there's do- there's doctors of that. There's doctors of physical therapy mm-hmm. so phd just stands for doctor of philosophy essentially i have a Got philosophy it. doctor but you're not yet but i'm not so let's yes. not say that. you're nowhere even close have you even started yeah, yeah 
no, oh. uh, Monmouth Middlesex County College. Oh, shit, yeah, yeah, Grandma. Yeah. Okay. And no, no, Grandma went to Middlesex. Not Middlesex, yeah, yeah. I think you just said Monmouth. I met Middlesex, okay, where yeah, she yeah. was a lunch lady. And yeah. during a few summers, I would help her and all. And everyone. you always loved your culotta, strawberry culotta. Strawberry culotta. <laughs> yes. And all the babushkas, all the old Russian women that worked there loved yes, me. Yes, yes. That and Marion. And she used to always bring me home focaccia bread from her Italian. It was a highly Italian. Russian college. That's it was I, very and Italian as well. Italian and Russian. And when I went to theater camp there in the summer. Yeah, so I, I did too. Oh, I did, yes, there? yes, oh, yes, shit. I did. Yeah, that was good. That we was did good. Shakespeare that year. And so, in summary, um, this is my crazy side of the family. I know I have talked about Farquaad so much, and he is literally a living legend on this show. Oh, I love your shirt, Farquaad. I know. It's the company I used to work for before they downsized. Nice. And um, that is my father. And do you guys want them to follow you on social or not? So yeah, you guys don't really use social media. But anyway, um, at Marissa Explains on Instagram and Twitter, M A R I S A. You know that Marissa Mendez. That's my dad, Glenn. That's my brother, Farquad. Also oh, known as Mark, but we don't use that name around these parts. And I love you guys at Marissa. I mean, I'm sorry, Marissa. What is my email? M E I A Podcast at gmail.com If you want to email us, there are emails. I will get to them next week. This is not the time or place for me to get to them. But I love you guys and talk soon. Happy Father's Day. Hey, bye.